Hello and welcome to The Nate Show. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate that. Um, I know it's getting old, but I got to say, make sure you follow the show on social media at The Nate Show 423. Um, I know I've not done a great job of posting stuff, but especially on Facebook here really soon, you're going to be seeing a lot of different links to different things that I'm working on. As a matter of fact, there's a brand new Nate Does Some Things video coming out this Friday. Uh, I've been posting the old ones from 10 years ago, episodes 1, 2, and 3. And we're going to pick up on episode 4 on Friday. It's going to be brand new content, so make sure you're, you're paying attention to that. There's a link to my my, uh, my YouTube page on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So it's pretty easy to get to. And again, that's at the Nate Show 423. Uh, we'll be recording with my good friend Nathan Wampler. Uh, the schedule is to, as you're listening to this, um, I will also be recording a college football preview. We're going to talk about Tennessee football. We're going to talk about SEC football. And we're just going to talk about all of college football in general and what the season's going to be like, what we expect uh, in the next few months as far as college football uh, and all that pageantry and wonderfulness that goes along with that Uh, i'll try to stay away from my political thoughts on that about how you know the players should be paid and whatever because i don't want to start any arguments because everyone knows that i don't like arguing but anyway um, i've spent a lot of uh spent a lot of time on the road the last few days and so the first two topics that i'm going to talk about on this podcast were recorded while i was on the road so again just hang in there if the audio quality is not as good as usual uh, just again, just be patient, hang in there. I think that's two pretty good topics so to talk about. Um, I definitely had fun recording them. And then I'll wrap up with a few things. And, uh, I'm just going to stop rambling. Let's get right into it. You know, when you're on the road a lot, uh, like I am right now, maybe you're a, you know, a truck driver or you're someone that drives as an occupation or perhaps just as a recreation where you like to go on trips, you like to do different things. Uh, something you run into a lot is you're going to deal with fast food. And maybe some of you are healthy eaters out there. You don't really deal with a lot of fast food. But I guarantee you every now and then you're still you know, either going in a gas station, you know, stopping by McDonald's, at least getting a sweet tea or something like that. Those of you from the South drink sweet tea anyway. You, know, you have that going on. And one of the things you deal with are the different sizes of drinks. Uh, you can go to, you know, there's the standard, there's the small, the medium, the large, the whole thing. But the thing I've noticed is they're never the same no matter where you go, like a small at McDonald's, <clears throat> excuse me, may be different than a small at Wendy's. Um, they, when you get a, a value meal, a combo or whatever at Taco Bell, the drink that comes with it is like a large. It's a big cup, but they don't call it a large; they call it a medium. But it comes with the that size drink, so you expect to go somewhere else. When you go across the street, you know, you're traveling with someone. I don't want Taco Bell, so you take them over to Wendy's and they get a drink. And uh, you get a combo with that, and they give you like a little cup, and the little cup's full of ice. So they've got like two ounces of liquid, and you've got like 30 ounces of liquid in your Taco Bell cup. So you got to have an argument about, well, I thought my drink was going to be, you know, your size. Well, no, who told you that? So you got to deal with this whole thing. And then, you know, if if that's not enough, you're going to go into uh, you go into a Starbucks, or you go through the drive-through. And then just the mother of all anxieties is because you're so ingrained in saying, I want a small uh, root beer. Let me get a large Dr. Pepper. Let me get a whatever. Now you're getting coffee that's overpriced and expensive and not good for you. And so you go to place your order. Now you got to deal with tall, venti, grande, whatever. I never get the sizes right because in my mind, a tall should be the biggest one, but it's the smallest one. Uh, Grande, I would think would be a large, but it's maybe it's a large... I don't even know what the sizes of Starbucks are, to be honest with you, because I just avoid Starbucks because 
I don't want to have to deal with that. Like, I I try to establish with the barista at Starbucks right off the bat. I say, look, this is how this is going to work. There are only three sizes. The way there are only two genders, there are three sizes. Small, medium, and large. So you have a small size, you have one that's a little bit bigger, and then you have one that's bigger than that. Whenever I order what I'm about to order, I want the middle one, the medium. I'm not calling it what you want me to call it. I'm calling it what I want to call it. Give me a medium ultra caramel frappuccino for freaking $5.50 because it's sugar water with caramel syrup in it. And then I got to go through all that. They don't even give me a straw. But anyways, when I first started doing this podcast last summer, and that original episode isn't up anymore, some of the older ones I deleted. So if you go back through the catalog, as far as you'll find back, because I think this January. Uh, but when I started doing this, it was all basically all sports related. That first episode I published, and I remember I was at the like I was at the beach when I published it, but it was just sports. It was about the NBA off season. It was about all this different stuff and. I, I still am always going to be kind of rooted in sports. It's my favorite thing, one of my favorite things to talk about. But one of the things that I dislike about sports and sports conversations is this idea that you can't have, you know, you can't have any real nuance or middle ground in your opinions. Like everything's a debate and an argument. It's like you can't say something mildly critical about an athlete or a team without people going oh you're just a hater it's like it becomes this big deal so I wanted to say that because I'm going to talk about Bryce Harper and it's going to sound like because I'm being mildly critical of what happens on teams that he's on that I'm criticizing him but I'm not necessarily doing that although there is criticism to be had when it comes to his postseason play but I'm not necessarily one of those people that thinks he's overrated I just the whole premise of what I'm about to say is just that, though. It's the idea that he's going to be a free agent you know, this offseason. And the Nationals this season had expectations of, as they've had the last five seasons, of being a really good team and going to the World Series and whatever. And it seems like they always underperform. It just seems like you know, they make it to the playoffs and they lose in the first round or lose in the second round. And that's it. And last year they had a really good team and lost to the Chicago Cubs in the first round. Uh, best of five series, they lost 3-2. to two. And, of course, as a Cubs fan, that made me happy. But, you know, the Nationals afterwards fired their manager, Dusty Baker, been around a long time, fired him. And they've not been great this season. They're a game under 500. They have a losing record. And there's all these rumors that they might even trade Bryce Harper here at the trade deadline, which is coming up here really soon. And honestly, one, I wouldn't do that. I'd keep him, see what he can get out of it. But the idea is he's probably going to walk at the end of the season, go play for the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs, you know, someone. And it's funny how we do that in baseball differently than we do it in basketball because in baseball there's no salary cap. In baseball, if you can afford a player, you can have all the best players you want as long as you can afford them. Uh, There's no cap on exactly how much money you can spend. So it's just funny, like, if Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors – He's, you know, a traitor and a snake, and I'm not trying to make this a basketball conversation, but if Bryce Harper ends up going to the Yankees, Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, or what have you, it's like, well, of course. And, you know, when someone joins the Yankees, it becomes this whole thing kind of like that. We're like, oh, wow, Yankees are really stacked. 
But I always think about how Alex Rodriguez was choosing between the Red Sox and the Yankees. And he chose the Yankees, who were already, you know, they'd just been in the World Series the year before, lost to the Marlins. And then they added Alex Rodriguez, so you thought, well, they're automatically going to win it again or go back and win the World Series. And they lost to the Red Sox in that classic you know, thing where they were up 3-0. And the Red Sox came back and won. But my biggest thing with the whole Bryce Harper situation is I don't understand the idea of paying any one baseball player $400 million. Now, a lot of people are saying that he'll command a 10-year, you know, $400 million contract. And, I mean, he's a great player. But my question with any individual baseball player is what difference do they actually make? Like, when's the last time that you remember uh, one baseball player on a team being a hero or making the difference? It, and whenever you have that, like, I remember, I can't stand the St. Louis Cardinals, but I remember David Freeze hit those big home runs in the World Series against the Rangers. You'd never heard of him before. It wasn't Pulhos that was a hero that series. It was David Freeze. You never have the one baseball player that's making two, three, four hundred million, making the big bucks. Now, typically when people get those contracts, they fall off. Ryan Howard for the Phillies got that huge contract and fell off. That's usually what you see happen. Jason Hayward got paid a lot of money. And I love Jason Hayward, but he's not exactly been, you know, the all-star that we thought he would be. I, I do believe he's very underrated as far as what he brings, not at bat, but in the outfield. But that's the thing is, as a baseball player, you're, you're only batting once every nine people. So you go up to bat. You know, probably going to strike out because even if you're the best hitter in baseball, you're hitting the ball three out of ten times, so you're getting out seven out of ten times. So 70% of the time, you're useless. You're not doing anything. You're not getting on base, nothing. And you got to wait eight more people to go. It usually takes two innings to get back to you, maybe three innings. And then what? You get a hit, you get a home run. Cool, that's one run. Congratulations, your team just lost 7-3. to three. Like, one baseball player doesn't matter. It's why I like the concept of what the Astros did, and a lot of you have seen the movie Moneyball, where you're, you're not buying players, you're buying runs, you're buying hits, you're, you're constructing a team based on the productivity of the unit, not necessarily one player. Like, here's an experiment, and it's not interactive because this is a podcast, there's a delay, you're listening to it. You can't really answer me back. I can't hear what you're saying on the other end of the podcast. But I'm just word association. Actually, you know what? Let's do it a different way. For the last five years, the best player in baseball has been Mike Trout. Not Bryce Harper. It's been Mike Trout. And it's not even really debatable. He's been, the numbers don't lie, whatever. As far as individual achievement, Mike Trout, talent, all that, he's been the best player. And I can almost guarantee you, that even you avid, ardent sports fans had to think for a second, wait, who does Mike Trout play for? And if you remember that he played for the Angels, spoiler alert, if you remembered that, you probably had to ask yourself, wait, are they the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels? I can't even remember. You don't even know. The best player in that sport, amazing player, you don't even usually know who he plays. You don't even know who he plays for. And if you do, how much playoff success has have the Angels had the last five years? And again, that's not to put down Mike Trout the same way I wasn't putting down Bryce Harper, but what difference are they making? 
The Washington Nationals have a really talented team, or so I've heard. That's kind of the, the idea. Is like Bryce Harper is a game changer. Steven Strasburg is a game. Steven Strasburg, excuse me, is a game changer. Max Scherzer is a game changer. Trey Turner, game changer. Okay. Congratulations, you lost in the first round of the playoffs again. All your game changers. Because baseball isn't so much about individual talent. It's about a team unit. It's about those little decisions that managers make. During the course of a game, during the course of a series, that make all the difference. I just I remember being irritated with Joe Madden the year that the Cubs won the World Series because I felt like he'd left Aroldis Chapman out too long in Game 7 and it nearly cost us the World Series. But that's neither here nor there. I just I wanted to be somewhat critical of the idea that I would just pay $400 million to Bryce Harper without it sounding like I'm saying, oh, he's not worth all that. He's no good. Like, I'm not saying that he's no good. He's great. But I just become perplexed by the idea. It's kind of the same in football, but the idea that one player is going to get paid that much money when they've not shown any sort of propensity towards making a huge difference as far as playoff success, team success. Because the Angels, like I said, with Mike Trout, they, they would love to have some of the play. They, they haven't even had any of the playoff success that the Nationals have had. I'm sitting here making fun of the Nationals getting knocked out of the first round all the time. The, the Angels would love to have that sort of exposure because they're always living in the shadow of the L.A. Dodgers. So that's a... Uh, you know, I haven't done this whole road talk thing in a few weeks. So I thought it'd be good to do that. And more than anything, this was not so much about Bryce Harper. It was a device to keep me awake on the road a little bit longer. But uh, let's get uh, let's get comfortable again. Let's get back in the studio, off the road, and get into some more topics. You know, as an update on that last topic, by the way, Bryce Harper ended up not being traded. The GM came out the day of the trade deadline and said he's staying here uh, for at least a foreseeable future. You know, and they're just going to take their chances with the off season. And see what happens there. But anyways, one of the reasons that I do the podcast the way I do it, I do it once a week and pretty soon I'll go more than once a week and same with videos. I'll try to do more than one a week. But one of the reasons that I've done that is for one, there can be some, something consistent, something that you can count on as a consumer, something that I can count on and help, you know, help hold myself accountable. Like I've got to have something up. And one of the things I wanted to avoid was this sort of rush where I feel like, oh, you know, I've got to have something up by tomorrow morning. I better hurry. I better hurry. Because I feel like when you do something out of obligation, you're not really putting your heart into it. Nothing breeds efficiency quite like necessity. When you know you have to do something, you're going to figure out a way to get it done. But I never wanted to do this that way. Same with videos. I want to make sure that I've got some little videos that I can put out at least once a week, but start working on some bigger and bigger projects, stuff that I can really sink my teeth into and provide some quality on that. But the other reason I wanted to go once a week was I wanted to give myself some time here in the beginning to learn some different things, not just about how to do different things, but how to do um, how how I operate, not just learning how different softwares and, and editing, whether it be podcast editing, video editing, not just how all that stuff works, but how my internal makeup works. And one of the most fun things in my life is to be able to learn something about myself that I didn't know previously uh, Everyone, people that 
I won't say everyone, but people that are really close to me know that my favorite thing in the world is to make people laugh, make people smile, make people feel good about themselves. And, you know, kind of hard on myself sometimes, but I know I'm not really great at that all the time. But it's my favorite thing to do. It's it's a natural high. It's a great rush. But, um, you know, I, I've learned lately that I don't want to just blame it on whether it's my anxiety or, or whatever else, but I'm noticing that I can sit behind this microphone or stand behind a video camera or whatever and talk for hours. And I, I mentioned Nathan all the time. We were on the phone the other night, like three and a half hours, just talking. And that's easy for me because he and I developed a, have developed a friendship over about 15 years, a little over 15 years now, which is crazy to think about that we've been friends longer than how many years I was alive when I first met him. Like that's a little bit mind boggling. Uh, people think that sometimes I'm antisocial. If you see me out somewhere and I'm just kind of whatever, kind of looking inward instead of looking outward, you know, it's not personal. Once I get to know you a little bit, I'm fine. I'll talk your head off for hours. I, you know, a friend of mine the other day said, you just really love to hear yourself talk. Don't you? Honestly, I don't, I kind of get on my own nerves, but it's fun because I feel like the more, the more shots I fire, the more chance I have of, of you finding something that will make you laugh or make you feel better. And maybe in reality, I'm just talking too much and getting on everyone's nerves as if, you know, there's a good possibility that that's what I'm doing right this very moment. But yeah, I can, I can, I could probably even get up in front of a group of people and talk and be perfectly comfortable. But there's something about those one-on-one conversations when I first meet someone or whatever that I'm just not particularly interested in having. So if you see me out somewhere and you talk to me, and I don't mean to come across as rude, it's just, and I appreciate anytime someone shows me love or if someone comes up to me and says, "Hey man, how's the Nate show going? How's this?" I love that. I'm good with that. That makes me happy. It, it really pleases me to know that someone else notices. They may not even listen to the show. But they notice that I'm out here hustling, and I appreciate them noticing that. So, but if I see you somewhere and whatever, like if I don't, if I'm not, you know, outwardly jovial and putting my best foot forward to make you feel like a million bucks, it's not personal. Like I try to treat people the way I'd want to be treated, but sometimes I'm just a little bit of an introvert. It, it kind of comes in waves. And I don't mean for this to sound like some sort of apology tour that I'm doing. It's just, I I love talking to people. I love being friends with people, but just sometimes it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And and one of the things that I'm learning, talking about learning about myself is that, you know, just because something is not easy, I've always been taught. I've heard successful people say, you know, everyone wants, to know how to do something or be good at doing something before they do it. And nothing literally works that way. Like you weren't good at walking when you were a baby, but you learned. I'm still not really that good at walking, but I do it anyway. I got to get from place to place. Most of the things that you're proficient at now, you were not good at in the beginning. It just takes, sometimes it feels like a superhuman effort. It feels like a superhuman effort to do something productive. It feels like a superhuman effort sometimes to extend a hand and shake it and make someone else feel better. But it's something that is important to do. It's something that needs to be done. And so I would just say to anyone that's still listening to this, just if there's something that you feel like is going to be a challenge, take on that challenge. You know, I'm proof. Like, if Apple Podcasts and Spotify, if they approve my stuff, if, if someone in New Zealand right now is able to listen to this, then I'm living proof that even on the smallest level you can win a battle. The fact that my podcast gets more than one listen per week is more than I could say this time a year ago. 
I'm, I don't want to say that I never thought that I'd be doing this because I always thought I'd be doing this. I'm not going to BS you and give you this fake humility. Like I thought I'd be doing this. And honestly, I thought I'd be doing this 10 years ago and have millions of listeners. I thought I'd be on ESPN. I thought I'd be playing in the NBA. Things didn't go the way that I thought they were going to go. But I envisioned different things for myself. I'm not afraid to expect and believe boldly at this point in my life. You know, are things where I want them to be? Heck no. Are things relationship-wise, friendship-wise, where I want them to be? Absolutely not. But I'm not blaming the I'm not blaming the world on that. That's me. I messed a lot of those situations up, and now I'm starting to learn more and more every day that I can expect good things to happen, and they're going to happen. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but the majority of the time, there's going to be positive to be found in any area of life. So I just want to leave um, you guys and gals this week with just those thoughts. Don't be afraid of anything. There are things in your life that you're going to feel like are going to cripple you, but just take them head on. Take them head on and you'll be amazed. And even if it, to be honest with you, even if it doesn't go perfectly, you might lose every now and then, but you know what? You're going to be able to sleep well at night because your head's going to hit the pillow and you're going to be like, you know what? I earn my own respect today. And sometimes that's the greatest victory that you can have in any given day. Earning your own respect, feeling like you're worthless, going from that feeling to, you know what, I did something today. And even if they didn't notice it, I noticed it and I feel good about it. And tomorrow I'm going to try a little bit harder. So I'm not doing a TED conference anytime soon. That isn't really what this is supposed to be, but I felt led to share that. So I shared it. But I always say I appreciate anyone that tunes in, listens to this, watches my videos, says hi to me at the grocery store or whatever. I enjoy doing this. I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm going to start doing more of it. So I'm excited about that. I mentioned at the start of this, got the college football video coming out soon. Got some more interviews lined up that I'm really excited about doing. Going to have some fun topics next week to talk about on this very podcast. So again, could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that. Don't forget, as I mentioned, to follow along at the Nate Show 423 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I can't wait to have you back again next week. But if you're not here, I get it.